gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's a liar. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch. I have served. I will be of service. John Wick, excommunicado. In effect, in five. Four, three, two, one. Cinematic Leap. Hi and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, crew member within this pod's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson we can we can be friends, can't we, Scott? Of course, Michael. <laughs> and Glenn Greening. Scott has chosen a producer for the Leaper, so Scott will be excommunicado in 10, <laughs> 9, <laughs> 8. Hey, I'd like to think David Leach has had more, had probably more impact on this one movie than half of your Leapers have over this season. So mm, That's a fair maybe, call. That maybe totally we need to, for season three, rewrite the rules or add a couple of rules. <laughs> Maybe you've got to be in the movie or involved in the movie for a certain amount of time. Yeah. A minimum of one minute screen time. Credited. (laughs) Yeah, actually credited. Yeah. So, how are we, gentlemen? Good. Good. Big weekend. Actually, no, it wasn't a big weekend. It was a very quiet weekend. But Mother's Day. Mm. Yeah, that was very quiet too. So, how about you guys? Yeah, no, a bit the same. Quiet, yeah. Same. Yeah, wasn't too bad. All right, today, or tonight, we are discussing John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. He's a 2019 neo-noir action thriller. Uh, and if someone can explain what neo-noir is to me after this, that'd be good. It means uh, new noir. Yeah. It is yeah. the, th- I just thought it was neo because it was um, John uh, Keanu. Uh, it is the third installment <laughs> of the four films in the John Wick franchise. It was, d- again, directed by Chad Stahelski, who's directed the previous two. Uh, obviously stars Keanu Reeve, co-stars Lawrence Fishburne, Halle Berry, Ian McShane, Asia Kate Dillon, Mark Dacascos, uh, Lawrence, uh, sorry, Lance Reddick and Angelica Houston. Had a budget of $75 million, made $327.7 million, so made its, certainly made its money back at the box office. Um, and generally, generally was really well reviewed by critics and fans alike, um, most noting about its ex- excellent fight choreography and the action set pieces. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has an average score of 7.5 out of 10, Metacritic 73 out of 100, and IMDb 7.4 out of 10. Um, now, I chose the Leaper, uh, David Leach. Um, not going to lie, I had hoped to get Bullet Train. Um, However, David Leach, who was involved, he was due to direct John Wick 2, but chose to go to another movie. Um, so he probably did some work on the film, yeah. Well, that's, that's my theory. Which um, is probably more than Steven Spielberg did on <laughs> He just happened to be there. Um, yeah. However, he also had a host of other credits. He was stuntman, actor, uh, director, producer, additional photography and things like that. So he would have given Glenn a whole heap of different options to choose. Uh, from so that's why I chose him, uh, Glenn John Wick three. 
Yes. That's right. I chose that. <laughs> and yes, you did. Why was that? Just to see what happened? Yeah, mainly because I just watched number two and it was like it just stopped and I want to know what happened next. <laughs> it is one the cliffhanger. It, was, it is one thing that. Yeah, there were, sorry. Sorry, there are a lot of leapers you could have chosen and a lot of them could get me to number three. And so it was always near the top of my mind if you didn't pick Keanu or, or someone that wasn't in John Wick 3, I thought I'll just go to John Wick 3 not even think about it yeah. too much because, yeah, it was makes sense to watch it after two. Mm, yeah. Intrigued, Glenn. <clears throat> intrigued. I couldn't go to Point Break, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah not yet. And I tell you what, um, very few movies set up a sequel as well as John Wick 2 did, which is basically you knew from the closing credits that there had to be a three because it had to go somewhere. So, hmm. you know. Except for, I mean, Back to the Future 2, probably. Well. Back to the Future 1. Set it up really well. Well, Back to the Future One. Remember, they actually filmed the the last scene once they realised it was success. I think they went back and refilmed the final scene to set it up for a sequel. Oh, did they? Mm. Didn't know that. We should know that because we've done it. That's what we did. I think we discussed yeah. it at the time. Um, yeah. So, I'd, obviously, I had seen I've seen all the John Wicks, and I, I certainly loved them all. And I was pretty happy, Glenn, when you chose this, Michael. Um. Look, I, I, I was hoping for Bullet Train as well. Um, it's a super fun action film. Um, and But yeah, like, you know, I think John Wick is, you know, the, the series, it's it's entertaining. It's a spectacle. Like, you know, you're really just seeing those series of kind of fight scenes and, you know, they could be entertained. Hmm. So I was kind of, oh, yeah, let's do it. Yep. Now, Glenn, you hadn't obviously seen it. Yes. Um were you looking forward to seeing it? <clears throat> Obviously, I mean, you didn't rate John Wick 2 overly yeah. highly. I think you gave it a 4. Yeah, 2 wasn't was as in... good as 1, I thought, um, just because of the long gaps between action scenes and then the really drawn-out action scene at the end of the, the mirror scene. Um, so mm. that just made it a bit lower for me. But as a whole, the two movies, I still was interested in, in what happened next and the characters and, and invested in the world. And so, yeah, I was interested in number 3, to see where it went, um, yeah, I wasn't completely hadn't completely written it off. I was still interested, so yeah, I wanted to watch number three and see if there was the action improved or you know just more of it. And I think there was more of it. Well, it should have been. It went longer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. Without further ado, throw to the trailer. And away we go. Escape for you. The high table wants your life. The right, the unright of all wrong. Tell me what you want. Passage. I can't help you. To reach the unreachable star. Do you expect him to make it out? A $40 million bounty on his head. And everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Dark, five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. And away we go. 
Sophia. We're not going in like the old days. Just a conversation. Nothing's ever just a conversation with you, John. Uh, Glenn, you obviously chose this movie, so you get the enjoyment of doing the synopsis this week. As always, guys, there will be uh, spoilers throughout this, so if you haven't seen it and you would like to not have the movie spoiled, pause the pod, go and watch it, and come back and listen to us. Over to you, Glenn. Okay. <clears throat> Just uh, jump in if um, jump in if I miss anything. Or Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so John Wick is making his way through Manhattan before he is labelled excommunicado for the unauthorised killing of high-table crime lord Santino D'Antonio. Um, at the New York Public Public Library, John retrieves a marker medallion and a rosary. He's injured in a fight with another hitman and seeks medical treatment from an underworld doctor. Um, his excommunicado status activates before the doctor can finish, forcing John to complete this, um, fixing himself up. Um, upon leaving... He is quickly pursued by various gangs of assassin assassins, all whom he kills. Um, John meets with the director, um, the head of the Rusca Roma Crime Syndicate, where he presents the rosary and demands safe passage to Casablanca. Um, they didn't eat well, and just the reason he was going there is uh, he wanted to he wanted to see the um, head of the high table, I believe. Is that correct? It's the man that sits a, it's the man that sits above the high table. Yes, something to like be that. able to get his excommunicado lifted and basically allowing to live. Mm. It was funny because he just lives out in the desert. Mm. Like apparently, what makes you so cool about being a high table? I thought um, you'd just go there and kill him, but yeah, um, <clears throat> been easier. I am now the man above the high table. I have declared this though. <laughs> I must. I, I I do like the start of this movie. There's some awesome action sequences, which will actually show up in my favourite scenes. Um, I think the start's a lot better. I think it starts really well, and I think it it does drift a little bit this one at times. So I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on that, Glenn, later on. Um, I the, I love the fight in the library, um, and you know that Ernest, that guy's actually a professional basketballer. Plays mm. for I think it's the LA Clippers, Bobang. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy the, the fights in this and the, the, I haven't seen a horse chase that often in a movie. So that was entertaining to watch, uh, a horse race or riding a horse through New York. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's a horse chasing a moving waste today in the West, but, um, not as exciting. Well, there was, <laughs> that was, in the, but that's in the West. You don't expect that in the middle of New York. You also don't expect horses to get on a train, but anyway, that's a different episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so meanwhile, a high-table adjudicator meets with New York Continental Manager Winston and the Bowery King, uh, notifying them that they both have seven days to resign from their positions for helping John. <clears throat> the adjudicator enlists Zero, a Japanese assassin, and orders him to stab the director through both of her hands um, as penance for aiding John. Um in uh, Casablanca, John meets Sophia, his former friend and manager of the Moroccan Continental. John presents the marker which binds Sophia to return a debt to John. 
John um, rescued Sophia's daughter and put her in hiding um, in the past. That's why they have that um, debt to pay. Um, <clears throat> John demands to be directed to the elder, the only person above the high table. Sophia begrudgingly takes John to Barada, her former boss, who tells John he may find the elder by wandering through the desert until he can no longer walk. Which, and then keep walking. Yeah, it's just... Great Southern Land. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't know how that, you know, anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the directions are great. <laughs> it's not... Yeah. <laughs> like, like, really, go to you and just Park keep walking it. and they'll find you. Edge of the desert, follow the star, keep going. Like, you can't walk anymore and then keep walking. Yeah. Can you send me a pin on Google or yeah. something? I mean, deserts, yeah, deserts are, <laughs> deserts are pretty big. Right, it's actually got, he's got like the little app, like, find my friend. Yeah. You know, find John Wick. Um, <clears throat> oh, that's right. And there's that site fight scene with the dogs. And um, when Sophia refuses to give Barada one of her trained Belgian, or oh, one of her dogs, uh, he shoots the dog. No, no, no. What type of breed is it? Uh, um, <laughs> Belgian Mel- Melin- Melinois? Or is it French? I don't know. Melinois. I don't know. Anyway, he shoots the dog and hits its bulletproof vest. And the funny thing is, my wife refuses to watch John Wick because she's like, no, there's a dog that dies. I'm not watching John Wick. And then I said, do you want to watch John Wick 3 with me? She's like, not really. I said, don't worry. The dog died in the first one. There won't be more. <laughs> she's like, there won't be a dog die in this one. And I said, no, no. And then the dog gets shot. And I thought it had died. But it there. And, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's unlucky. <laughs> that's when he lived. He lived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a happy ending. He it's lived. okay. Yeah. And then the Dog certainly uh, took out his vengeance on everyone. <laughs> mm. God, they were angry dogs. Mm. They just were and really always, well trained, weren't they? Just, the, yeah. They, they always went, went for the mm. nuts. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yes. It's like, so how did they just... Holy shit. <laughs> Reminded me of um, Hudson Hawk was like, you know, um, Ball Ball. Who trains oh, their dog? What's the dog's name of that one? Like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, it's Hudson Hawk reference, Michael. That's, mm, that's a rant. Yeah, but, but it was, though. Like, you know, Fluffy Ball Ball, was that? I forgot, you know. I don't know. I haven't seen that for anyway, years. But yeah, anyway. I'll, I'll find that later. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now they fight their way out of the Kasbah and drive into the desert where she leaves John. Uh, seven days later, the adjudicator and Zero confront the Bowery king who refuses to abdicate his position. In response, Zero's students slaughter his men while the Bowery king is slashed seven times um, with a word that I can't say, but it's a sword, basically. Um, was he... Wakizashi. 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 Anyway. Mm. Fluent. Fluent. Meanwhile, John collapses in the desert, which means he's found the elder, apparently, because... uh, (laughs) Or the elder has found him. Yes, well, he's brought to the elder, and uh, John states that he wants to live to keep the memory of of the love he once had with his late wife. Um, The elder agrees to forgive John if he kills Winston and remains subservient to the high table for the remainder of his life. Um... And then he cuts off John's ring finger. Um, well, John has to cut it off himself. That's right. Yes. Yep. John severs. He doesn't, give, doesn't even give him the finger. He gives him the ring. Like, mm. I mean, surely that's part of the memory, John. Why would you give away your wedding ring? Well, it's, yeah, I thought John was going to keep it. And the, uh, the old bloke above the high table was like, on, yoink, I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could have just taken the finger off. I would have taken the ring yeah, off. It's mm. easy. As it, you took it off the wrong hand. I would have saved him a whole finger. You, you should have. Yeah. Like he's he could have said, John, I'll take take it on the other end, dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude, just slip it off. I don't, I don't want you to bloody up my desert table. It comes off the other end easily. No, there's just there's not enough water to clean out here. Well, then they cauterize it. 
this yeah. is because there's not enough water to clean out yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, Bunny was the name of the dog. Bunny, ball, ball. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. I've scrolled back. Hang on. All right. So John returns to New York and is attacked by Zero and his students um, before reaching the protection of the Continental. Um, by the way, Zero might be a good leaper. Apparently, he's lots in action, lots of action movies and those sort of things. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. He's um, pretty good fight scenes with him anyway. Um, yeah. The adjudicator arrives, but Winston refuses to abdicate and John refuses to kill him, leading the abdicator to revoke the Continentals, the Continentals neutral status and send both Zero and an army of heavily armed high table enforcers to kill John and Winston. Uh, Winston provides John with weapons and the assistance of Concierge Charon and his staff. After killing all the enforcers, John is uh, ambushed by Zero and his students. John proceeds to kill all but two. Uh, Zero battles John, but is eventually defeated and left to die. Um, on the roof of the Continental, the adjudicator agrees to a parley with Winston, who offers allegiance to the high table. John arrives, Winston shoots him, and John falls to the street below. In it's pretty pretty far pretty bad fall I don't know how <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd get up he hits the stairs hard didn't he it, 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 well it reminded me of long shot <laughs> I know he does um, I know he does a lot of his own stunts but surely not that one um, no that, Tom Cruise that was, a, that was a double yeah Tom Cruise would have so yeah Winston reassumes his position and the severely injured John is secretly delivered to the Bowery King in an underground bunker the two agree to join forces against the high table. Hmm. Um. And here's a like, oh no, it's probably a question. I'll save it. I'll and save being it. chapter be about the Bowery King okay. of questions. Uh, being chapter three, and usually when there's chapters, you know, in a book, there's more than four. I mean, four chapters is not a complete thing. So I assume this is going to go for like twenty. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Totally old, how old man, movies old work. Man Wick. Yeah, on that week. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's chapter 20, uh, John Wick, Dementia. It's not quite as good. <laughs> yeah, um, but Just repeats yeah. himself the whole time. Mm. <clears throat> All right, great work, Glenn. All right, we'll move on to the categories, cast and characters. Michael, I'll start with you. Great. Um, look, you know, uh, Keanu is his... Stoic self here. Um, I like. I tried to look it up. Um, John Wick word count. Where is it? Um, oh no, couldn't find it. But it's like it's like in the hundreds of words. You know, it's you know not a lot. <laughs> so a lean performance from Keanu. This you know all looks. <laughs> you know that sort of beautiful beard, the long hair. Classy suits, kick-ass action. Like, yeah, it's good. Like, um, at this stage, it's, you know, chapter three, it's hard to fold his performance on that one. Um, Ian McShane, as usual, just, you know, you can never have enough of Ian McShane. Um, and we get to see more of um, Lance Reddick in this one too, and like, mm. uh, which is what I, I did enjoy about that. It was like a bit more of him, um, you know, and... Uh, and I guess that's this is like you know you see him for a fraction in John Wick Four, because um, he passed away. Um, so yeah, this is he's like you know John Wick swans on and you know goes in there kicks some ass. Um, 
and yeah, like uh, who played Zero? His name? Mark. Mark de Keck. He was fun. Mark de Keck's hmm. Yeah, he was. He was a good yeah, Mark, foil, yeah, I guess. Cascos, who's, apparently he's um, he's a part of the Iron Chef in America. Mm. Like the host. I believe that. Just kind of, you know, you probably cut his own puffer fish. We <laughs> <laughs> could see the skills of <laughs> the star. Yeah, does does all your own cooking. Um, yeah, and then the I mean, you got uh, Asia Kate Dillon who hasn't done a lot of acting. Um, she's very sort of flat. Um. I think that was there. a character. Um, that was a character. Mm. She had to be just one, yeah, sort, was, of, one so sort of t- dimension, like just the mm. you know, straight and serious, you know. Yeah. So, um, but I guess that's the one you saw more of. Um, and there's just a lot of supporting roles, a lot of kind of people that you know rock onto the stage and then die. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, yeah, they're all right. Yep. Glenn. Thoughts? Yeah, well, Keanu's just Keanu. He was he can do Keanu pretty well. Um, mm, crushes it, man. If you yeah, mm. I thought he was good. I thought Halle Berry was really good. Um, Halle Berry, I forgot her. <laughs> I forget Halle Berry. I guess because I watched the movie in two halves, uh, so I watched the bit the half with Halle Berry yesterday, and I picked it up after Halle Berry. Yeah, so I've already was... forgotten a lot of this movie. I watched it on some like two days ago. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian McShane, he he impresses me the more I see him. I didn't really know him before these movies, and um, mm. he's good. Um, and I thought Lawrence Fishburne had yep. a lot more to do in this film um, than the last one. I didn't really like him much in number two, but I thought in this one he there was a bit more to that character, and um, it was interesting to to see. And I thought he was actually really good. And I actually liked the adjudicator. I thought she was really fierce, you know, not not scary, but just fierce, you know. Um, Mm. Thought she was good at that role, um, although at times I thought her accent—I don't know—just the American, just I don't know what it was. Her voice, something about her voice, just didn't fit for me. But um, I thought she was really good. Um, and yeah, the Mark, the Zero assassin, the Cascos. Yeah, he was. Yeah. he was really mm. good. The scene where he sits down on the couch and has a conversation with Keanu. It reminded me a little bit of That's Trump. Hilarious. The way he spoke, he's like, I'm a big fan, you know. The way he just delivered those lines, I was like, gosh, he sounds like he's Trump. You know, he just sounds like... <laughs> I always got the, the nerd boy, like the, just the, the fanboy kind of thing. It's oh. like, And you've got all this other couch, and, and it's a really nice visual to it. It's so like a, a very symmetrical shot um, and like you know, and some beautiful colours. And then, you know, John's at one end and he sits right next to him. And it kind of... Plays it was with just the uh, tone ways. of his voice or something just reminded me of, of Trump speaking like a big uh, I can't I can't do Trump but it was like if mm. anyway that just reminded me of that scene I was like oh my gosh is he deliberately doing Trump but anyway probably not um, and I always <laughs> love seeing um, Pimento Adrian Pimento yeah. in, <laughs> yeah. in it was hard to get yeah it's hard to I was waiting to for not him to see just, him as Adrian Pimento I was waiting for him to do something real crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he does at the start when well, he goes TikTok. Oh, yeah, not, it's a little yeah. bit, not quite, but it's a little bit pimento. But just yeah. Anyway, um, he he's good. But I guess that's yeah. That's all I've got. Yeah, uh, probably for ah oh, look, same as you guys. Really, I thought I really enjoy Keanu in these movies. I love the character, and I think it suits Keanu's acting style. Um, yeah, he's a physical actor. He does a lot of his own stunts, and you can sort of you sort of feel it. I think when you're watching these movies, um, you can feel that it's always him involved or a lot of the time it's him involved. Um, 
Ian McShane, I think he's perfect for this role. You know, the you know, obviously the the well to do Englishman that, that owns the the Continental. I love his voice, I love the way he speaks and um yeah, I like the too that we got a bit of a turn. I got a couple of turns from him throughout this um mm. movie. I I do love it. Um where where everyone's like at the end there's just carnage. The John Wick and, and Sharon are out there and you've just got you've just got Winston just sitting back just drinking his brandy behind locking himself in his safe. <laughs> I love that. And every time the door um, opens, he looks up like he was coming in, but he's yeah. pretty relaxed. Still. <laughs> uh, Lauren Fishburne, I, I really enjoy Lawrence Fishburne as an actor, and I think he's he's a great uh, foil in these movies for John Wick. He's a lot, you know, he's a lot more outlandish and stuff like that, which I really enjoy. Um, Halle Berry really enjoyed her role in this. I mean, she wasn't in it long, um, but just a good kick-ass character. Had some really nice action sequences and I really enjoyed mm. her throughout this movie. Lance Reddick, as you said, Michael, was great that we got more of him and his roles expanded. Um, Mark Dacascus, agree. I love that part where he geeks out next to John Wick. You know, you see, like, he's this really serious um, person throughout that, except when he, he finally sits next to him and it's like, oh, I, I'm, so, you know, I'm so excited to meet you. You know, you're John Wick and all this sort of stuff. And I just think <laughs> the way he's able to change and the facial features that he, that he has are just... Mm. Yeah. And a few of them do that in the whole of those kind of that crew. Like, yeah, there's the um, the penultimate fight between him and Zero, um, which is the the two students. Yeah, um, and it's like you know, oh, it's good to see Mister Wicked, and they just kicked his ass. Mm. Um, and then you know they kick his ass again. It's like, Are you sure this is John Wick. Like you know, yeah, no, no, he's been retired for five years. He's yeah. got a tough gig, <laughs> and right. then he kicks their butt. So. Um. So yeah, I really liked I really liked him in this movie uh, that Mark Dacascus uh, and Asia Kate Dillon. I thought, and look to me, that's just uh, you know she's obviously the adjudicator, and I I just liked the way she was just that stony face person throughout uh, the movie. I thought she played the role really well. Uh, favorite scene, Glenn. I'll throw to you first. Mm, good plan. <laughs> Not meeting a lolly, but I'll try. <laughs> oh, do you want me to go? Okay, you go. Yeah, you I've go. got, I've got, I've got less this time. So not the whole um, movie. <laughs> I, I love the fight with Ernest at the start. Um, I thought you'd appreciate it too, Glenn. One, it's in a library, and two, there's a really great use of a book. Um, <laughs> basically, smashes it three times into his mouth, then puts it on his neck and slams his head against it, and basically breaks his neck, which <clears> I. Um, <sighs> That was brutal. It's awesome. It's incredible. <laughs> um, I love at the start where he gets chased into the weapons store, um, but I think it's um, several Asian gangsters. He basically makes his own gun, so it fits the ammunition to get he's got. Um, and you know, I think it's about a five-minute sequence. We get a shootout. We get multiple punch-ons. We get a knife fight. We get an axe fight. We get someone gets stabbed in the eye with a knife. Uh, and then to final to finish it, John Wick throws an axe into somebody's head. So <laughs> um, it's a fantastic sequence. It's it's something to be seen. So it's a great five minutes. And then not long after that, we get he gets chased by some Italian gangsters, uh, who first of all hit him with two cars. Uh, then we get two kicks to the face by a horse to take out enemies, and then we get oh, a great, great then we get a great horse chase um, where he's where John Wick's on a horse and they're on motorbikes and. Somehow he gets through. So I reckon that, yeah, that that sort of opening, it's probably about the opening 20, 25 minutes or so, uh, just, is just excellent. Um, 
and it's impressive that that that's what the suspension of disbelief that was stretched for you was the horse chase. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's not surviving all the other sort of. No, you know, no. I, just, I mean, this guy gets hit by horse chase cars. In New York, that's not okay. Everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, look, it, it's not a scene, but the last twenty-five to thirty minutes is pretty rewatchable the whole way through. Um, we talked about it before. I love the way the main villains seem to geek over John Wick. Um, it's just a nice, funny moment, and then we get some really nice action fight scenes throughout, where the choreography is fantastic, and it's um, yeah, there's all gla- they're surrounded by glass and all those sort of things, and um, yeah, I just think it's a really well played out sequence, and then we get the turn at the end where yeah, Winston shoots John Wick. Yeah, the bastard. Even yeah. after John's walked up there and it's like, Are you here to kill me, is he? Yeah. And he doesn't. <laughs> no. It's like But I do have a question about that. So Gwen, um, finished your lolly? Yes. Oh one of yes. Um <clears throat> Michael, when you're editing this podcast together, you could probably just replay everything Scott just said and just change it to my voice because <laughs> he's basically said my favourite bits. <laughs> um, you know, I can't actually do the voice change anything, <clears throat> right? So Okay, well here I go. Um I'll keep it brief. Library fight, knife fight, throwing knives everywhere, axe throw, horse kicking guy. That's my notes. Um, I was going to expand on them, but I think Scott's already done that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically the same. I love a good library scene. Um, that, that fight, that fight was great too, and and that knife, just those knives going everywhere, was great. And then the axe throw at the end reminded me of when we went axe throwing and how good I was that one time when I filmed myself getting right in the bullseye. Um, it's quite fun. And the horse kicking the guy in the face that, that happened a couple of times and just made me laugh each time. It was just so funny, oh, just unexpected and just hilarious. Um, the thing, yeah, the thing <laughs> I like most about that knife fight is I swear half of the time they're just throwing knives. They're not even. They're not even hitting them with the pointy end or anything. They're just basically getting hit with knives everywhere. There's knives flowing mm. everywhere. I don't think they're throwing them properly or trying to do anything major. It's just, yeah, it's just quite funny the way that, that works yeah. out. Yeah, it was a good good start, like just full on and, um, yeah, really good. Yeah. And yeah, I really liked that it didn't have another have a, like 45-minute thing after that with no action because the action just sort of kept coming, which was good. Mm. Um, I guess I'll go because it's up to me now. Um, the, I mean, I think some of those big sub fight scenes, they're, they're almost end of movie fights, each one of them. Like, um, and that's what was always impressive about it. That sort of, you know, he's trying to get away the very opening one and that sort of going through the gun store and all the knives and stuff. Who has that many weapons? <laughs> What's that a weapons museum? Um, that was a ripper. Um, and particularly he's like, you know, building his gun as he goes. Um, and then, yeah, like it just kind of keeps going on to additional big fight scenes. The, um, the I remember being impressed by the dog one, like you know that sequence, mm. um, at the start, like you know, like you know, in that sort of middle part, like you know, when I first watched it, um, and how like it was all very coordinated with the dogs and something that come out of front, like you know, into frame from somewhere and. Um, and some of the, like the, um, bit where the dog jumps off onto Halle Berry's back and up the wall to get the, the guy, like, um, you know, they probably shot that. That was probably actually, well, I hope it is, um, because it looked very impressive. Um, the horse kicks, they were hilarious. Um, it's like, yep, smack. And like, you know, there goes his head. Um, yeah. And the, I did enjoy the, um, where the, uh, the scene where the, um, 
the backup from the um, high table come in and there's that Vivaldi, I think it's Vivaldi, like, you know, it's playing across that um, and it's all John Wick sort of, you know, it's like they're all armoured piercing and then suddenly the shotgun comes out and then heads are blowing apart. <laughs> um, it's just graphic. Um, yeah, so I guess like, you know, the I mean, you watch John Wick for the action stuff and the action doesn't disappoint. No, nope, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, notable aspects? Being gay, uh, Michael? Um, look, I think in this one there's some, like, um, probably it steps up the some of the beautiful shots. Um, for, you know, like, you know, there's some nice cinematography from the first one, um, but there's more, I think, you know, and it, it leans into that neo-noir, which is that kind of idea of um, noir film, Scotty, where, um, you know, it's that sort of harsh lighting and you've got the, um, you know, more sort of like high contrast lighting um, yep. and it leans into that, which is really nice. Um, but, you know, I, I think of that couch, like, you know, shot that we were just talking about and that was that was really nice. It's a simple shot, but it's so symmetrical in that place and, like, you know, the, the way the colours and um, it's all composed, um, you know, it's nice and that's, that's not even a high value shot, um, but that's good. And it, it does speak to the quality of the, the overall... Like, you know, sort of the way they shot the film. Like, you know, even though it's an action, it really, you know, does... It's like putting emphasis on how it's shot. Like, you know, when we see a shot, it is beautiful. Um, it is composed well. And I think um, what you you really see that matches that some great camera movement around that action, um, which is always nice. Like, it's part of that choreography. Like, you know, um, particularly, I, I think, to the... Um, uh, that gun museum scene and knife museum scene. That's where you really could see the kind of how the camera was moving around some of the action. Um, that was really good. So, yeah, I think that that was a, probably a, a highlight for me. That sort of those aspects. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, you know, it's nicely and editing always comes well with like you know, good editing matches up with like good actions. Um, and we saw a lot of that. Um, but I think the way it was shot and how it came, like some of those shots come together, was really. Um, it's yep. well done. Yeah. Yep. Glenn? Um, yeah, I don't know. My notable aspects are more questions, so I might save it for later. They're part for questions. They're, 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 they're part questions and they're part notable things I noticed. But um, one thing I will mention um, is... we should Are they tidbits? Because <clears throat> we also do questions, queries, tidbits. Yeah, maybe it comes on the... Ah, oh, it could be. Anyway, mm. I did like the dog. I didn't mention before the dog fight. The dog um, scene with um, Halle Berry fighting as well it was really good. Um, another really big action sequence I really liked. Didn't really like the um, drawn out scene of the glass cabinets fight where they're all smashing the glass cabinets. And I thought that went on a little bit too long. But um, we'll get to my questions about that a bit later. <clears throat> yep. Well, it's funny you talk about because I really enjoyed that. Like, there's some actually really clever things in there too. Um, like particularly when we were first going into that, so those glass cabinets, um, and I get, I wonder if it's kind of almost a match to the, you know, number two with the that was drawn out. How it's that got was like too a, long too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that sequence has the ninjas, um, and like you know, it had they we see them earlier. Um, they, I'm not sure if you saw it. There was a like I had to I had to go back ten seconds. Um, but the guy is just standing there, like he's fa he's all in black and he's facing away, and the the camera is pulling back through those glass cabinets. And the guy is standing back, and then you see the other guy just like you, because you, you're focused usually on 
the other part of the action, he turns around and steps in. So it's like, oh, was he there the whole time? And like, yeah, you turn, you you go back and you're watching that spot and you can see the back of him. He's just in between the two cabinets. Um, and then he's there. Um, I thought that was kind of, the, the ninjas were really done. And I really, I did actually enjoy the, the sequence, that penultimate sequence part too with the, the kind of the character stuff there, like big fans, you know, it's fight, <laughs> but it's like they're beaten and they just go and like, um, I think that was the better fight than Zero, like in, ter- mm. in terms of the, like, you know, the interaction. Yeah. And again, he, yeah. John Wick, let him live. Mm. Showed a professional courtesy, dare I say. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't put a knife into his aorta no. or anything. Uh, so for me, <clears throat> I mentioned it from the start. I like the way that it starts straight on from number two. Um, you know, there really is no time in between. You know, we basically see him running away in the first, uh, in number two at the end, and we see him, you know, still running away at this, this one. Um, it's incredible to think that everything that happened to John Wick has probably happened over uh, two weeks. So basically since the funeral of his wife, it's been less than two weeks and he's had a pretty entertaining <laughs> past couple of weeks. He's had a pretty bruising fortnight, I would have thought, you know, John. Um, yeah, there'd be uh, on the, the news, there'd be like uh, 200 people have been killed in New York in the last <laughs> you know week and the people would be like, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> Ooh, what's the – yeah, what is the total body count? Um it's funny you say that, Glenn, because I actually figured this is an alternative universe. This is not where we live because there are no police. <laughs> well, everyone, yeah, everyone is under the table. Like every, like because the cabbie, the cabbie takes a gold. You know, yeah, no problem, Mister. Just happened like, to be that cap, that driver. <laughs> that was actually one of my questions for later on. How did the yeah. take, uh, taxi bloke know him? Um, I like how the doctor tells him where to shoot him so as not to cause too much damage or <laughs> and not to hit any internal organs. Bang. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fight choreography, mm. as we've discussed, is excellent. Although I think there's a few times in these in these in this movie, there are a few moments where you can see that it is clearly staged. Yep, that they are following, yeah, you know, a routine. This is my question. And I, mm-hmm. I think I think mm-hmm. in this movie more than the first two mm. um, and four, I felt it was really noticeable in this one that you could sort of tell. Um, and look, don't get me wrong, the fights are awesome and they're incredible to watch. But I think. You can sort of see that they're basically just following a routine. Um, These are a little bit more than the others. Mm -hmm. Um, We mentioned this in the last pod. Uh, I enjoyed that they always have to reload. Uh, And we see Mm. this in the dogfighting scene quite regularly with both Halle Berry and John Wick, um, or Sophia and John, uh, where they're regularly stealing guns and clips and stuff to keep going. Um, And it feels very much like a video, that video game, that whole... Yeah. Um, sequence really does feel like you know you're playing a video game. So I wonder if there is a video game. We should find that. I think there is. I could be John Wick. Well, um, I think the John Wick house is in Fortnite. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's and he's like you know we got to see him with a shotgun a bit more this time, and he is just smooth in how he puts that in. Oh, the way he reloads it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. It's like it's like wow. It's um, a pro man. <clears throat> it's far one- too much time with guns. The one thing I, lo- I really like about the, the John Wick franchise, I mentioned the last pod and, and it's another part of this pod which we'll discuss, I'm sure, that there's a genuine story, there's a genuine mythology and there's each mm. movie we get, we, it, it expands further and further. Um, and I, I really like the way they do that. Um, I, do, I just think it's not like you, 
it's not like the old 80s action movie where there's there's a, a, a bit of a storyline that he's basically got to get from A to B and kill someone. Like there's a genuine story behind this and we keep getting in this universe. It, it just keeps expanding and we keep learning, getting fed more bits of little information, which I just think they, it's just so well written and so well done. Um, last couple... So many people had so many chances to kill John Wick in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I think we discussed it in John Wick 2 um, that there would have been opportunities to kill him. So many people had chances to kill John Wick in this movie and, and didn't. Well, yeah, half the time it's like, you know, the people, have, and I guess they've got, like, they've got guns, so it's like, let's not get too close. But if they were a bit closer, like, if there was a scene where he's in a part and they, it feels like the sewer or, like, you know, it's in the basement of the hotel. And there's these dudes in the like John Wick is facing away, and then you can see them come in the background, and then they fire and they clearly miss him, and then he kind of dives away. If they just waited, and got closer, they could like point blank range, like they could have gone bang 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 bang. Ha ha! I got John Wick. Yeah, and I have another question around that too. That's an interesting one. Uh, and lastly, I just think the movie moves at a pretty good pace throughout, even though it's a little bit longer than. The previous two, um, it didn't really feel like it. So I just, yeah, I think I think they're well paced. You know, for what was and it, this was a two-hour ten movie. Um, it certainly didn't feel that long for me. Yeah. So yeah, all right. Questions, queries, tidbits. Oh, just one more thing uh, I liked. I just remembered the the guys that he was shooting that were had the bulletproof suits on and um, helmets mm-hmm. and everything. So he had to just get them in the neck each time. That was that was pretty good. Hmm. Sorry, yeah. I just remembered that. He's nothing if not adaptable. <laughs> no, there's some awesome kills, awesome way they kill people in these movies, which we probably shouldn't be so sounding so happy about. But yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, look, I've become desensitized to violence. I think, like you know, I was watching this stuff. I was like, oh yeah, bang, bang, bang. Ooh, horse kick. You know, yeah. like, oh my God, fifty <laughs> yes, other people just died yes. up until this point. <laughs> Go horse kick. Yeah. Mm. Um, Glenn, do you want to start yeah. off with your questions or yeah. things you've seen? They're more, I don't know, they're just more like why, why. Okay, so the big fight scene at the end of the glass cabinets, the first time that someone gets thrown up against the glass, doesn't break, bounces off it. Every other time you get thrown into the glass, they just touch it, shatters. Like, it's because you're just thrown harder. No. Barely. I think it's a glass wall compared to. Oh. Compared to like a display cabinet. Oh yeah, that's my only theory. Oh, but gee, they were just almost smashing before they were being touched. It was just so, so much glass smashing. It was just like, just felt a bit, um, well, set up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my other thing was, and this is what you mentioned before the, the fight scenes. It looked a bit choreographed, or, or you could tell they were rehearsed. And and I'd noticed that. John Wick would just stand there, in the, especially that last fight scene. He would stand there and he would take punches to the face. He'd take hits he'd, and then he'd do his hits back. And he just kept taking hits and getting hit quite a lot. And um, and then he'd do his return hits. But if anyone ever had a knife in their hand, he's blocking it. He's stopping these hits. He's not getting, they're not getting near him. So I'm like, why, why is he letting these people hit him? It felt too rehearsed and too... Set up, like him, he wasn't him real, you know. He wasn't. He was letting them punch him in the face, and you know, 
doing all that. But then as soon as there's a knife yeah. in their hand, he's, he's blocking them because obviously there's a knife. You have to. But yeah. um, Dude can just, take a punch. I guess that's it. It mm. just felt a bit um, overly rehearsed and a bit fake. I think that made it stand out a little bit. Um, yeah. They're my only. Oh, and my obviously questions from last week are still there. Like, where are the police? This is a bit unrealistic. There are, there are no police. Um, oh, yeah, there's a few questions like that, but I can't remember them all now. Mm. Yep. Michael? Um, okay, so Barry King. Dude's homeless, yeah? Like, well, lives in a, a homeless vibe. Um, you can only assume they've networked together and they have kind of, you know, gone, yeah, let's let's be a kick-ass part of this, you know, this world or, like, you know, get rich but we'll be homeless. It'll be great. Um, and then they go, we're, we're getting, we're going to kick out, you're going to kick you out of the barriers. Like, what, dude? Like, I'm... <laughs> it's like how yeah. do you get how do you get kicked out of being homeless? It's like <laughs> just makes sense. All right, I'm going to retire. I'll take my millions. I'm going to buy a house up upstate. <laughs> um, the other thing with that too, I, they get attacked just like um, the Belarusians get yeah. attacked, right? So I understand the Belarusians get attacked. They're probably not expecting it. Hmm. But I would have thought the Bowery King, that considering that they're all seeing all known because they've got people on every street corner and blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't they have been a little bit more aware that this may have been coming? Maybe, but ninjas. I mean, yeah, I true. Think that's what, you know, how do you see a ninja coming? And there was a not really nice one where there's a there's a dude on top of a locker. Oh, you, you don't see you don't him there see him and until, he, until the knife comes down into the dude's head. And it's like, yeah, ninjas, man. Modern day ninjas. That's what they are. <clears throat> Another question that was cool. I had was um, the girls in the typing up the excommunicado notices and stuff like that, and their typewriters, and mm-hmm. it's like this organization has millions of dollars, all the resources they could ever need, and they're using typewriters and stamps, you know, paperwork like olden day style. Just can't uh, hack a typewriter, Glenn. No, can't but hack a typewriter exactly. But they've got the money, the technology would exist to create a safe, you know, unhackable, you know. Untraceable. I mean, they're still sending out text messages from somewhere, so they've got technology yeah. somewhere. I think that that is the the aesthetic, though, is that yes, because it's older, it's harder to, like you know, because it's not a high tech, it's harder to hack. I guess. I think too, it's just a tradition. I mean, obviously, mm. they've changed their tradition to be able to send text messages, but um, that's why I'd look. Who's going to hack it? And, and or yeah, or the guy in like you know the dude that sits above the table is a luddite. Just doesn't doesn't do technology. Well, he's in the, like, of the desert. You don't get yeah. good Wi-Fi and stuff. So that's out there. that's what it's all about. It's like you know he's just he has just got the first computer. Like that's they've got to keep it low key to kind of be able to communicate with him. And this whole <laughs> system is a bit flimsy, really. Like it's not hard to go and just kill the high table. Like if you wanted to, just go and do it. Like who's going to stop? Who's going to? They're not that protected, really. Like they're pretty it's a code. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's all about the rules, Glenn. It's all about <laughs> rules. And consequences. Mm-hmm. I still don't get that. Words. Um, what other questions? Okay, so these guys, like, you know, going into that sort of last scene, uh, you've got the the high table, you know, pros. They're all dressed, you know, head to foot in armor, um, except for the back of the neck and under their, their chin. Um, and they go in, and you'd think they'd be rocking some armor-piercing bullets. Much like, you know... They bring out the armor-piercing slugs for the the shotgun. Yep. You know what? Let's make sure we kind of you know mess these. You know, we give these bad guys a bad day. 
We'll put in some armor-piercing bullets because we know they wear suits mm. that are bulletproof. Like, so we should have something that is like, you know, going to get through that sort of more easily. So, why are they using like they know who they're fighting? Why are they wear you know using armor-piercing bullets? It's a good point. Make more sense. Yeah, because um, then like there's one point where Keanu or Sharon um, hides behind a crate. Um, you know, he's just blown someone's head off with the armor-piercing bullets. Um, and then he ducks behind a wooden crate and there's a couple of holes that go through. It's like, wood is not that resilient to bullets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How do you survive? He ducked. I mean, that's a, this is a Bruce Willis moment right there. Yeah, the John McClane, yeah. John McClane theory. Just duck. Yeah, duck. So, yeah, that's why he didn't get shot. But, yeah, um, I guess they're my, my big ones. And the, um, yeah, I don't have any other questions. No further questions, Your Honour. No worries. Uh, I've got a couple here. First one was, how does the taxi driver know who Johnny's? Um, mm. That's because that's my theory. Everyone is part of the universe. Like the, you know, the government is the John, high table. He does. He does seem like a really nice guy, John. Yeah. Like the doctor liked him. Like he even helped him after the time. Like yeah. Seems to have a lot of respect. Yeah. And the, um, this, there's someone else that likes him too. So yeah. We know that the suit is is impenetrable to bullets, right? Ish. Yep. So at the start, he gets stabbed in the shoulder by Ernest. Mm, yes. So how does a knife penetrate a bullet? Unless they don't have, there's no coverage on the shoulder. It's, and um, he gets stabbed in the shoulder by a knife. Sharp. Yet, sharp knife. I would have thought. One of those was, ones that can cut shoes, you well, know, <laughs> off the ad. <laughs> they bought it off one of those ads. That, <laughs> I don't know yeah, if, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if a bulletproof necessarily means knife proof. What's well, Kevlar, isn't it? So it's it's finely knitted. Well, I mean, yeah. bulletproof vest. But I guess the the point, like, Kevlar, like usually they're rounded though, and they kind of it hits and it absorbs the the impact. Yeah. Whereas a knife kind of hits that sort of point. There's probably way more experts out in the world that kind yeah, of can explain that. If but. someone could know, if someone could email us at cinematicleap at gmail That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> why does the Continental have a morgue? Yeah. Oh, you're kidding, right? It's because they kill everyone. They're all assassins there. Yeah, but you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to no business. Do, yeah, no yeah, business you, on continental you, grounds. What are you got, going to take the bodies with you? Well, you, I guess, you get the I guess they do have the, the cleaners. They're going to run yeah. it through there. Good, I guess so, you do have the cleaners that come and help. Good call. Yeah, get a cleaning service. Hello, cleaning. Can you come and pick up this body at five five nine? You know, um, John Wick's Kill Me Way. Yep. So outside yeah. outside of Sharon's respect for John Wick. Why does he get safe harbour at the Continental? So Zero's just about to kill him and he puts his hand on the step. Sharon's there and he goes, no, stop. There's no business on Continental grants because John Wick's excommunicated. Yeah, it's still Zero though. So Zero is still in, so he cannot conduct business on Continental grounds. So John Wick could just move in. He could just say, I'm taking a room. Yeah, that's true. Except that, yeah, they could kick him out too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but yeah that's probably, that's, you're probably wasn't, right. Maybe that is why yeah. you can't kill someone. On. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't that DeSant, DeSanto's kind of whole thing? I'm just going to stay here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of I'm moving in here. This is my new head headquarters. Yeah, that's a good call. I didn't yeah. think of it that way. Yep. Um, why didn't they just kill the adjudicator? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that, yeah, I mean, there's a the few day, the high table's pissed off with you anyway. What's yeah? Why hmm. didn't the adjudicator just kind of walk into the Bowery and say? This is the judgment. You're going to cop seven cuts. Like, mm-hmm. why did he have to kill all the, those people to get in there? 
Yeah, you'd like, think the you know, high table's got an interest in having all these people there. They're obviously yeah. making money and stuff. They've just made um, them weaker. Yeah. My last two questions, and hopefully these will make you think. Did Winston actually want to kill John Wick at the end? Or did he yeah. know that he had a bulletproof vest? I.e. knowing that he they would he wouldn't die. If he if you wanted him dead, he would have shot him in the head. So Yeah. Yeah, like he he does all body shots and, you know, sees that he's um bulletproof he's not sort of just like, you know, you know, John Wick is gone. Oh man, it's a terrible shame. Do you find the no, answer out in number four? Is like does that come up? No, it's a new character. Oh. <laughs> no spoilers for four, Glenn. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to get there at some stage. Yeah. Hang on, let me check if he's on the poster. Um, And my last question, and hopefully this will also make you think, if you had to cut off a finger, which finger would you cut off? Yours. (laughs) (laughs) So, Glenn, if I said, right, after the whole Steven Spielberg debacle of you picking (laughs) Vanilla Sky when we had Steven Spielberg, and I said, right, to continue the podcast, Glenn, you've got to basically make a sacrifice, so we've got to make a cut off a finger. One of my Which, own or some I can yeah, anyone. One of your own. No, one of your own. Which finger would you cut off? Well, I'd tell you it was a little one. Oh, yeah, no, I've cut off my finger. Probably, probably the little one on the right hand. Yeah, I reckon that's what I was thinking, probably my little finger. Being left handed, uh, yeah. It seems like it's the most useless. <clears throat> probably not, but it just feels like it is. Anyway. Maybe sure, that's a very very you know, interesting question. Our listeners are, are just dying to know the answer to that one. Oh, it wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> help with karate chopping either. Like it's kind of hmm. uh, John Wick is on the fourth poster. Big so story. He might live. Hmm. Hmm. All right, Michael. Trivia. All right. Um, Keanu Reeves began training for this film four months before filming. He says that there are so many different kinds of action sequences. Not only one, not only more styles of martial arts and more great gunplay, but also motorcycles, horses, and dogs. So the training was intense. But honestly, I love it. I love this character, and I love the John Wick universe we've created. Um, Halle Berry broke three ribs while filming the movie. Her own? Um, or yeah, no, somebody else's ribs. Oh, okay. Um, no, her ribs. <laughs> Good one, Glenn. Um, uh, early on, John Wick finds himself in a room filled with revolvers from the 19th century. Desperately, he swapped parts of the revolvers, listens to the mechanisms as he spins the cylinders and cocks different um, hammers. This is a homage to the scene, the good and the bad of the ugly in 1966, when Tuco is assembling a revolver to suit his taste for a multitude of other rollers in a gunsmith's shop. Mm. Um, the trailer and the movie, Guns, Lots of Guns, um, it's which is from the trailer. Basically, it's a reference to the Matrix, where um, Keanu says, like, you know, what do you, you know? I think Lawrence says to him, like, oh no, Trinity says to him, you know, what do you need? Guns, lots of guns. And he says the same thing in in this movie, which was was a nice one. Um, uh, Keanu Reeves was asked if he did his own stunts when John Wick was hit by the cars, and he responded by saying, "Well, I would have, but you know, hospital." I could have maybe done it once, but then it would have been it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, According to Chad Staleski, when John Wick is knocked down during his fight with the two Shinobi, uh, he was supposed to get straight back up. Keanu Reeves stumbled on the day, tired from shooting, uh, but played it off as a comedic beat, which made it into the final cut. That's a nice one. Yeah. 
Um, the glass structure where John fights Shinobi 1 and Shinobi 2 in the film's uh, climax cost $4 million to construct. That's, that's $4 million worth of stuff. And we're just going to smash it. Well, it only um, had a $75 million budget, so there's $4 million done. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, according to Rotten Tomatoes, John Wick kills 94 people in this film. Uh, this is more than he killed in the original film, where he killed 77, but less than uh, the 116 from Chapter 2. In um in the special features little bit I watched, Keanu said in that um that he thinks this movie has more action than the first two combined. I don't know if that's correct, but that's what he thought at the time. Uh, yeah, I, I reckon it does. It's really pretty hard cool. Um, when the continent was deconsecrated, the computer uses a Commodore VIC twenty from the early eighties. So can't be hacked. Can't be hacked. <laughs> the show did. Mm. Excuse me. The showdown in the Continental Lobby contains many international lighting, uh, intentional lighting changes, and one of them is a direct allusion and tribute to the key Matrix scene uh, and overall Matrix trilogy color theme. That's probably when the lights go green along the edges. Um, uh, Mark DeCasos, mm-hmm. character zero, uses a gun exactly once in the entire film. He points it at John Wick just before John slaps his hand onto the curb at the Continental Hotel. Um, Sayid Tang Moi portrays the one above the table, or rather the elder, despite being almost a decade younger than Keanu Reeves, mm. and even more junior in age to many of those under the table, such as Ian McShane, Angelica Houston, and Lawrence Fishburne. Body count, uh, 167, uh, thoroughly checked, 90 are by John Wick, 47 are by Sophia, 3 by Sharon, and the rest by other characters. The film's count is the highest so far in the series and the first film where Sharon uh, kills anyone. Hmm. Um, the fight with NBA star Bobin Bajarvanik, Bajarvanik? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is reminiscent, reminiscent of and perhaps in homage to a similar scene between Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bruce Lee in Game of Death. In John Wick Chapter 2, a scene with mirrors can be uh, said to pay homage to the climactic scene of Enter the Dragon, another Bruce Lee movie. And the film is the uh, first film of the series not to feature Thomas Sadowski uh, as Jimmy. No Jimmy. No Jimmy. No Jimmy. No cops. Well, he never went to his house. No. So that's, where, that's where Jimmy always goes. Yeah. You working, Mr. Wick? You yeah, working Jimmy. again, John? No, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the director also walks across somewhere, you know, in Crosswalk as um, Wick passes on horseback. The director does a cameo. Nice. That is everything. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Michael. It is now time for our final thoughts and rating. Obviously, we do rate out of 10, 10 being a fantastic movie, zero being a terrible movie, and five being somewhere in between. Glenn, I'll leave you two last because you chose this movie. Michael. Yes. Thought, Final thoughts and rating. Um. It's it's a like um eye candy action I think um it's brutal it is noir like that you know when you kind of said that I kind of oh yeah it is you know it does have that sort of um high contrast lighting and and does look very pretty um I shouldn't say pretty it looks very stylish and um thought out and like you know well composed um yep. but pretty really kind of sums it up I guess um and. Yeah, like so, it looks stunning, and it's lots of great action sequences. But there's not a, um, you can get 
um, I don't know. Sometimes like it's easy to kind of look away in terms of like you know you're watching it and it's like oh, what's this over here? Particularly if you're not watching it singly on a big screen, which I wasn't. Um, you know because the you know the rea- the action is kind of I mean I don't want to say repetitive like it looks stunning, but you're kind of seeing so much of it. Like it's because you like the diet of it in this film is so much. Um, you know you're not missing too much if you look away because you're going to see the similar sort of action again um that's it it is a spectacle they always like that sort of aspect around these films um it's fun <laughs> to watch um you know keanu says so little but it's you know still so cool and Ian mcshane um so i think for me it's still around that seven like you know like it, it's there's to be more it have to have more meat in the story but like you know it does well with what it's got to um to build a universe and you're you're right about that scotty like it does have great universe building um but it's you know the actual premise of the film is still it's quite tenuous like you know we're still following on from like two weeks ago where his dog was shot and his car stolen um (laughs) you know you got to keep that in mind like you know and, and people are just coming out to get him it is essentially like the biggest chased hunt sort of film sequences ever maybe that's why they yeah. call it chapter one chapter two chapter three because it sort of follows on like a ongoing mm. story like yeah very, very closely um the thing about looking away for a second i looked away for a second and missed that horse kick the first time and i was like oh my god did that kill? and i had to rewind like i went back and yeah. like, oh my god that horse kicked. Yeah. so that was a really quick one that you can't look mm. away for <laughs> yeah absolutely um, but um, like i think you know you're right in that sort of um the shinobi scene as it's described like you know there is that you know it is beat oh, up and, like it's gone they yeah. smash another glass cabinet oh another one it's like 20 <laughs> yeah. it's smashed i don't know so many mm. i'm curious where scott can All go right. from 10 like how do you go higher than 10 but um we'll see <laughs> we'll see so michael you gave it a seven <laughs> i did all right uh so for me i actually give this movie an eight i don't think it's as good as the second one in fact i don't think it's as good as the first two um, it, look, it's a, it's an awesome action film. Um, they continue to build uh, the building of this world. Um, yeah, there's a genuine story behind everything that's happening. Uh, we get some great action sequences that we discuss, some excellent fights and some really fun and cool kills. Um, as I said, I don't think it's as good as the first two, um, but it's still a really, really bloody good film. So mm. for me, it's an eight. Glenn? I would say um, this is a lot better than number two, and I would say it's a little bit better than number one. It's my favourite of the three so far. Um, and I think I've done pretty well considering I leapt to a movie that I haven't seen before. Um, last time mm. didn't work out very well. This time worked out <laughs> a bit better. And um, so my score for this is seven and a half. Out yeah, of 10. nice. I'm, I'm curious as to why you think it's better than the second one. Because I it, was it's so very bored. similar in the way that you have good fight action or action sequences at the start. We have world building throughout the middle with a couple of fight scenes and action sequences and then a big action sequence at the end. This one's pretty much exactly the same. I don't I think so, though. No. Like, I think it does have more action in it. Like, it, it, you know, there's a big sequence and then, you know, we have that. there's a little bit in there where he kind of gets his ticket um, and then we go to our next action sequence like I think it's got more big ones in there. Yeah, I think it's got more more varied action sequences as well, um, mm. and less less talking between action, like less scenes of just not no action. Um, 
I feel like that big gap in the first hour of number two just really bored me for a long, for quite a while. And then also that when he went through the tunnel setting up, all that, like that, that was no, it took ages for the action to happen. And then when it did happen, it could have easily been avoided if he just went in the other direction. Um, and it was just all, yeah. And, and then the ending of number two <clears throat> was really slow. Like just that action, even though it was action, it was just really took a long time to get through. It's same with that glass smashing in this. It didn't, that was the same. But I just thought this was a lot better than that. And I thought it was also just a bit better than number one. A little bit better than number one. I'd give probably number yep. one a seven. So, yeah, seven and a half. Yep. All right. So mm. with a score of an eight, a seven, and a seven and a half, that gives us a total score of 22.5, which puts this in the equal number six spot with mm. me and ways to die in the West. It is 0.5. Um, points ahead of speed, which it will now sit in the number eight spot, and it is just behind Long Shot and The Force Awakens on 23. Uh, our top three this season are still Scream on 28, Baby Driver on 26.5, and Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade on 23.5. All right. Uh, socials, obviously, we can be found on Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. The easiest way to find us is on our fantastic website, cinematicleap.com. Thank you, Glenn, for getting that set up. It looks awesome. Um, and if somebody wants to send us an email, is it cinematicleap at gmail.com, Glenn? Yeah, but I haven't checked it in a little while. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, obviously, if there is a platform that you would like us to be on, please send us, drop us a line. We are on Twitter, at cinematicleap is our handle. Uh, or you can just search us on Facebook at Cinematic Leap. Um, obviously, we do ask if you can to please rate our podcast and put some comments in if you would like. Uh, obviously, the more people to rate, the more likely people are to find us, uh, which is what we'd like to happen. Other than that, it's now time for our Michael. Cinematic Leap. All right, so Glenn gets to sit this one out. Um, which is probably a relief to both me and Michael. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Just joking, Glenn, just joking. Um, we've got a bit, oh, we've just, got a bit more combative in like, season two, haven't we? We're, we're quite yeah. friendly in season one, but um, it seems to be a bit more combative now. because I've just gone crazy every time. Um, Michael, yeah. I'll just give you Except for this time. an idea for a leaper. I don't know if you thought of oh, yeah. Angelica Houston is an interesting one because there's a good variety there. Look, I did. I did, anyway, think like, I did look at Angelica and I've just gone on. Ooh, I haven't looked at any of those. maybe. I didn't realise that was a lot of, um, credits. I didn't realise that was even... Yeah, she plays in a lot of these sort of... Um, I don't know, who's that? Who was oh, Wes Anderson. Um, yeah, and like he's a he's a really talented and interesting filmmaker, so I'm tempted. Um, we'll see. Right. I'll leave it with you. I'll sit out. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I've been, you know, throughout this pod, I've been kind of, you know, looking at my, um, my letterbox, just going, who am I going to pick? You know, Keanu's in there, but um, Keanu's already, like, you know, Scott has already said, oh, you know, Point Break. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Point Break was all right, but I don't know if I'll watch that. Um, well, you know, you're angry Shane, that I didn't pick Point Break. Well, I mean. because you picked Knock Knock. <laughs> you, you set a low bar. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I thought Angelica Houston, but I thought, oh, you know. And, like, I suppose, like, coming off some big actions, I should, you know, should go with that. Um 
So it's been a really tough one to pick. I was really sitting on Halle Berry for a while there. Mm. Um, and, like, she's got some some great films, and there's a couple that I'd really like to do in there. Um, but it, an opportunity presented itself um, to course, really... Of course it did. Uh, yeah, it did. Is it um, like a systems engineer? Look, <laughs> no, it is not a systems engineer. Mm. Um, she has a prolific amount of movies. To, I was actually... And Scott mentioned, like, I could probably get to V for Manetta, and I imagine that was through Chad Stileski. That was, yep. Yeah. Um, and I thought about him for a minute. No, but I'm going to go with Heidi Moneymaker. Um, who is a stunt person. Oh, oh. Um, and she has a prolific amount of, like, you know, movie credits to her name, um, particularly in the stunt area. And Scott is going to blow his mind. Holy crap. The, um, there's, uh, the, <laughs> casting, <laughs> the casting person there are, has a bullet train. The, the casting ah, person. well, we missed that. But, but, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I'm just going to describe this. I'm looking at this um, this tablet page. And it is superhero movie after superhero it does, movie. It does seem to be a lot of superhero <laughs> movies. Um, <laughs> so many, and there's, there's, I know there's a couple in that you might actually pick, but like uh, Heidi has worked on some, like, like some big Marvel movies: Avengers, Avengers nah, Endgame, the, Avengers uh, Infinity War. Oh, I tell you what, just stop <laughs> talking, Michael. I'm not going to pick a superhero movie. I'm going to. No, I know you won't. It's, it's actually out of two that is I'm going to choose. Back to John Wick two again, another ten. <laughs> Mm. And actually, one of my favourite films is in there too. Um, So the first one that stood out to me (laughs) is The Expendables. Oh, yep. Just because I think it would be – oh, it's just – It's like a – it's just it's a trash f- comedy action. It's, it's just a funny. fantastic film. It has got all the yep. classics. It's got Stallone. It's got mm. Schwarzenegger. It's got Statham, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren. It's just yep. absolutely full of awesome actors. But I think there's a rule that we've always tried to have that if you're going to go, if there's a movie there with, a, with our spirit animal, Nicolas Cage, That's you've probably got to head to that. That's no, not a rule. So for that, we're going National Treasure. Yeah, I knew that's where you'd want to go, Michael. Well, I like. I mean, I could have gone. I, I looked at her um, her list of films, and I thought, "This you can't." Like, I could have given this to Glenn. You can't fuck this up. <laughs> we, we thought that. We've thought that a couple of times. <laughs> we have, but like this one was like so overwhelming. And Bird Box is like, a good yeah, movie. like yeah. And I look, I would have been interested to actually look at that. I haven't seen that film. Um, oh, do I so yeah, like, and it was just she's just got a, such a big array of different films that are. Like a lot of action, but a lot of kind of different ones and lots of genres. And I thought, you know, she'll be very interesting. So, you know, I'm, I'm not unhappy with National Treasure. That's yeah. a fun film. No, I do. I, it's a movie that I've watched in the past and I've enjoyed. So hmm. it'd be good to sit back and watch it maybe with a more critical eye. Um, yeah. And a beer. Critical yeah. eye and a beer. Sounds good. Hmm. All right, people. Thank you for listening. Obviously, we will join you next time when we're discussing the Nick Cage action film. Adventure film. Comedy action. Probably adventure film. Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. adventure. National Love Treasure. Adventure. Thank you. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap.